Copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Houston Police calling all cars, engine all cars. Engine all Puma County Sheriff cars, broadcast 111. Be on the lookout for Model V Ford Register. License be like Victor 625. Be like Victor 625. We believe to have been used as getaway car in the murder of Frank Zell. That's all. Fact, a great number of men under my command on the police force 
for all such a nation is deputy sheriff. In addition, our geographical position, so close to the Mexican border, also brings in the federal authorities on the border patrol, who've always worked closely with us. You can readily see that with cities, county, and federal law enforcement agencies working in such a tightly interlocking system, the lawbreaker in Tucson is being quickly convinced that he can't get away with it. The state penitentiary of Florence has quite a few steady boarders who have learned from Sheriff Dalton and me that crime doesn't pay. Mountains outside Tucson, Arizona, are crowned with gray clouds. Lightning flashes about the crest of Mount Lemon. The dying sun sends one somber sweep of lead across the desolate overcast desert and then soaks to extinction. The soft tentacles of a thunderbird around the road. The ground of heaven, Jesus goes. And far below, a richly modeled blue board floods up a sandy hill. Mr. Hutton before the rain last night. 
You see, you really see. You better get back to Court Hall and telephone the sheriff. Five minutes after the two ranchers had placed their call, Sheriff Walter W. Bailey of Fema County, accompanied by Deputy Terry Johnson and Glenn Hunter, are speaking out of Tucson for the scene of the crime. Meantime, Anderson and Buffett return to the rain sodden course on the Bartolita's trail and make some interesting finds. When the sheriff arrives, there's the body, Jeff. You know who it is. You know who it is, Jeff? No, in Frank Jeff. Got a home set up on the trail here next to mine. And the folks know who's all alone. Some people around here come in there, homeless. We've been looking around while we was waiting for you, Jeff, and we found some stuff. What? These two fire bullet stations, for one thing. Hmm. 32-20. And the size of the wound in his neck and neck, that's what he was killed with. Where did you find those? Over yonder, under that milk mm-hmm. Looks like broken glass somewhere right there. Did y'all have a car? Yes, you did, sir. An old model T. How far is it from here to his home, sir? About two and a half miles. Hmm. Did he ever walk into town? Oh, all the city's And whoever murdered him must have stolen his car. I can see the faint marks here where it has turned around. The rain's washed them out too much to tell what kind of a tread was on the tire. Mm-hmm. Something else he found, Jeff. A carton of broken eggs, Frank Bill Hole, and a pair of old time shoes. Can't be the victim, sir. They're too small. Now, why were they thrown away? Maybe I'd have anything to do with these two. I found them down in the woods. Well, they might have landed on the map. I'll find them away in the house. There's no doubt about it, Joe was ambushed. But, Sheriff, why do you suppose anybody is going to murder Frank? That's one of the many things we'll have to find out. And empty billfolds make it look like robbery. But you don't have to murder a man, bootwhack him for his money. Well, possibly revenge was a motive. Did you all have any enemies in the world, Mr. Anderson? No, none that I know of. He's a quiet, peaceable fellow. Minded his own business and kept his nose out of other folks. We all got a lot of him, I appreciate it, and none of us knew him very well. Well, we'll have to check back on him. Then, we'll go along with Mr. Anderson here up to Rose House. Go over the place, Carol, and see what you can dig up. Yes. Johnson and I will go down to Qatar and see what we can find out there about him. Meet you back at headquarters as soon as you get through. Yes, sir. Come on, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Johnson. Everyone was set up trusting the that the murder victim was a law abiding citizen. No one knows of any grudge against The sheriff has returned to headquarters and got to the hunter alive. Well, Glenn, did you find any guns out there, Joe Jack? No, no guns. Lots of books around the place, though, on public speaking, willpower, physical culture, and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and I found this scrapbook. There's a lot about the guy. See? Uh, here's a clip about him when he was fighting under the name of Jack Kelly. Mm, according to this, Jack Kearns was his manager. Mm. And then over here is an enlistment paper from the Army. Dawned up in 1917 with the 33rd Field Artillery. Easy to see, yes. He served several hitches, and every discharge is marked honorable or excellent. Yes, it's all very well, but I'm interested in guns. They say they didn't find any guns. 
Oh, there's supposed to be three guns in that cabin. I went over the place from top to bottom, and I didn't find a single one. I found a shotgun rammer and some ammunition for a twenty-two. That's according to Zell's neighbor, he owned a thirty-two twenty cabin, and that's the type of gun he was killed with. I believe, since he found no guns at Zell's cabin, that he was murdered with his own gun by someone who had stolen it from the shack during his absence. Why, well, we're near him in the desert. Well, I killed him at home. That's me. The killer probably wanted to be sure to escape detection. And he certainly did a good job of that for the rain to help him. Probably over to the coast or down in Mexico by now. Maybe he didn't try to make it get away. Maybe he's still right here in Tucson. I doubt it. Wouldn't hurt to ask Keith Dyer to give us some help on the city angle. Mm, okay, I'm willing to try anything. I'll call him right away. Assistance of Chief Judge E. Dyer of the Tucson Police Department. Within 15 minutes, the Chief has collected his department head and is issuing orders. Boys, the sheriff has asked our cooperation on his own murder. He sees that the killer is gifted. I, I can't agree with him. I've got a suspicion he's right here in town. I want you to have your men cover the city for Joe's car, which was stolen at the time he was murdered. The car was seen coming toward town last night with a dark looking fellow driver. It was a Model 2 Oster. License number V625. Now get out and pick it up. Okay, please. That was Wait a minute, I got a special job. Okay. Dennis, I've got a theory on this case. Yes? Yes. The first case, I think our man is right here in town. Also, I'm sure that he stole all three of Zell's guns. The 3220 that murdered Zell, a 12-gauge shotgun, and a 22 rifle. Now, sooner or later, he's going to get low on funds if he isn't already there. Well, and then he'll try and sell the guns, that is. Exactly. Now, I want you to check all the pawn shops and second-hand stores and inform the dealers to notify us if any of these guns are offered for sale. Yes, sir. I'll get on it right away. And while Detective Ford begins the job of checking the pawn shops, Squads of officers home to Tucson for the missing murder car. Early on the morning of August 7th, 36 hours after the murder, officers Charles Eaton and Walker Hyde are cruising down West Simpson Street in the police car as we approach the intersection of Mission Street. Hey, Charlie, there's a marble to your old gift. Where? Standing by that old brick hill. Oh, yeah. I see it. Better pull up. Well, come on. This will be the seventh old week we've kept over since we come on duty. Yeah. Not much use looking at this one. It's been burned up. It's been set on fire, you mean. Huh? What do you mean? Smell that gasoline? Yeah. All around the car. Somebody doused that car with gas and then set fire to it. I wonder why. That's why. What? The license plate. V625. You can still make out the numbers even if the paint is burned away. That's the car that Frank Zell was killed in. Five star, you're right, Walker. Look, they stripped it before they burned it. But they forgot to remove the plate and the windshield broken. Yeah, a fat chance of getting changed, though. The thing's been blistered. All the upholstery and woodwork burned. Well, we're plucking a crowd of interested bystanders. 
Nick. Is the fellow who wanted to sell you the rifle, Herman? He's already seen one. I guess we'll have to place you under arrest, Mr. Lewis. Well, I've done nothing. Why should you place me under arrest? They want to ask you some questions about that rifle you've got for sale. <laughs> Back at headquarters, Valentino Ruiz, Mexican, is questioned by Chief Dyer and Detective Cromer. There is some mistake, senor. The senor of the pawn shop is mistaken. I said nothing about a rifle. I was trying to find a value of the watch. Where did you get the watch? It belongs to a friend of mine. Well, I'm poor, but I'm honest. I've done nothing. You have the watch with you? See. Let me see it. Here you are. Hmm. Belongs to a friend of yours, huh? See, with heavy shoes you wear, right? See, pretty large for you, aren't they? See, where'd you get them? I, I bought them, especially. My feet, they're sore. I like shoes large. I see. Well, how about that gun? What gun? A gun you tried to pawn. Well, there was a mistake. I did not try to pawn a gun. They just drop over to your face on the corner street and take a look around. and will dance the census of Blue's room. Now, within half an hour, enthusiastically brings a gun into the office of identification expert, Mark Robbins. Well, here's the gun that shot Joe, Mark. How do you know? It's a 3220 Winchester, and I found it in Blue's room. That's circumstantial evidence. Oh, yeah, I know it, but I know, too, that I can count on you to make it material evidence. Well, let's see. Let's have a gun. Hmm. Oh, model, isn't it? Yeah. Set up the test box, will you, Nick? Yes, sir. It's got to be the murder weapon. They'll own the 3220. He was shot with one. He was tried to pawn one, and we found this one in his room. No way, Okay, we'll see soon enough. Now, just load this baby up. Now, we'll shoot a few rounds into the test box. Now, we'll have a look at these shells. Come on over here to the comparison microscope, Bill Banks. All right. Now, we'll place the shell found at the scene of the crime under one side of the microscope, and we'll place one of the shells we just fired under the other side. There. Now, just a moment till I line them up. There, Wilbanks. Take a look and tell me what you think. The two shells have identical firing gun marks. They also have identical scars on the side from the breech block. The Rue killed Frank Gell. I don't know whether Rue did, but I'm prepared to testify that this gun did. Rue denies possession of a gun. Denies burning Bell's automobile. Denies killing Bell. Explains the blood stains his face as rabbit blood. But Chief Dyer remains unimpressed by Rue's iconic unfeasement. Then the detective running down clue after clue. Finally, on August 8th, three days after the death of Frank Bell, Valentino Ruiz is formally charged with his murder. On Wednesday, August 12th, he's given a short preliminary hearing. By his own request, the laconic Mexican act of his own attorney. One by one, the witnesses jam him by their testimony. A young Mexican roommate of Ruiz. Testify. Lorenzo, you seem very handsome. But last week, he came home wearing deep black shoes. 
All the way to Kotaro, looking for work. I thought I could get a job on Maritano's world. She was not at home. Oh, I took his gun. I meet him coming back on road. I shoot him. I took his car. His money. My feet hurt. I took his shoes. He died quick. There was much blood. Much blood. Frederick Lindsay saying good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.